0: Good afternoon, gamers. It is Wednesday, May the 27th, and that can mean only one thing. It is time for the JRPG Report. This is going to be episode 114, and I'm a little more fired up than usual because anytime we get a week that uh, either, I guess on a Wednesday podcast, either I got a game before, the day before, or a game like. Nintendo releases on Friday, I get a little more excited, and that is the case. As Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition will be in my grubby little hands in just two more days. Um, I still got at least twenty or so more hours to go in Persona Five Royal, but uh, I don't don't think it's going to make it. It's going to have to be dropped. And uh, picked back up at another late in time. That game, man, it just keeps getting pushed back and uh, interrupted needlessly. But that is the way it goes when you've got a 120-hour-plus game. It's kind of hard to do all at once. Anyway, we've got a lot of fun stories to talk about with you guys this week. And, of course, Blade Chronicles Definitive Edition kind of, uh, you know, its release is still in the spotlight. We did f- figure out a few more details about that game, and it was kind of to uh, both mine and Jordan's chagrin that uh, we talked about some of the new stuff coming up in that game, and then Nintendo says, hey, here's some more stuff that you guys uh, could have <laughs> talked about. Um, this was not really something to talk about. It's something that you would have to listen to. And uh, you can check out the link on the Facebook page or on Twitter. Nintendo of Europe uh, showed off the new Future Connected's battle theme. Uh, they have kind of redone that. And it's called Time to Fight from Bionicis' Shoulder, which is a off-play of the original Time to Fight which they've already shared as well. The article that I shared in particular today has uh, both versions of it. Of course, the definitive Edition Future Connected one is brand new. And it even has uh, a third track that they shared um, about a week ago, and that is the Engage the Enemy battle theme. So you'll be hearing that one quite a bit as you're uh, going through the game. So if you want to check that out, out. you can listen to those tracks they are pretty cool and will definitely get you fired up if you are waiting uh, waiting for this so i guess kind of most interesting that i wasn't quite expecting is that monosoft said that there will be a casual mode and this was coming from their uh, Twitter account, and they say uh, with this casual mode turned on it will obviously lower the difficulty in battles that they didn't really have a um exact detail on that as we were you know we just get the you get the Twitter tweet and you got to kind of infer some things so obviously that would probably infer that the enemy's HP would be lowered um damage may be um uh, Either from them be lowered, or your damage to them um, excelled quite a bit. But uh, they say this is according to Monolith Soft that even beginners will get to enjoy the game with ease when casual mode is uh, is set on there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, kind of like when easy mode was enabled with uh, Final Fantasy seven remake. Although there were still plenty of challenge to be had. Um, they now this is coming in a bit of contrast to a previous article that they had put out, and saying that you could um, kind of adjust the um, advanced settings a bit. And let me see, I'm trying to find that article that uh, I've got. I got quite a few going on uh, this week, so it's kind of uh, my thumbnails have all kind of gone together. Well, I know that there is definitely a way that you can up and lower your levels. So if you are in a region and you are severely OP, you can lower it back down or vice versa. If you're just getting your tail whipped, you can do, uh, do that. Um, they say that loving up, uh, requires experience as usual which you get from Battle's Quest and more. However, when de-leveling a character, the exact number of XP required for that level goes back into a stockpile. So that means if you delete a character, you can dip into their stockpiled... You deleveled <laughs> a character, you can dip into the stockpiled XP to level them back up. So it's not like something that's permanent. This is all going to be available in the Advanced Settings portion of it uh that's a very cool option i can't really say if that's something i'm going to be using or not um most of the time i run through these things and it's you know it's it is what it should be if you need to grind you need to grind if you don't you just fly right through it another new feature that we found out about this week is that there will be a new events theater mode um this is a, like I said, brand new. The original game did not have this, and it means you can rewatch cutscenes. And if you recall, this is, uh, feature was also available in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, as well as Torn of the Golden Country. Um, the event theater mode has scenes from both the main game and feature Connected. Both will have main story scenes as well as scenes with allies. Furthermore, player ma- players will be able to customize The event scenes to their liking. Um, You can uh, customize the outfits, the time of day, and even the weather. So you can kind of put your own little personal touch on it. So let's say you've got an outfit that you really liked later on in the game, but you wanted to rewatch a scene. You will think, no, I'd rather have that new outfit on such and such. You can uh, do it. Of course, it was already reported that the future connected episode would take about 10, 12 hours to beat kind of just depending on your uh, let me go into it so it's sounding like they are definitely adding a few cool new features to xenoblade chronicles are you picking it up on friday are you hoping that there is no delay in uh <laughs> in either your amazon or best buy or whoever gamestop shipment um i got the certification uh just yesterday from best buy that uh, UPS had it and it indeed would be arriving on Friday. So at least in my neck of the woods everything is okay. I hope it is in yours as well. We remember the debacle with FF7 remakes shipping, some people getting it early, some people getting late. So I think we're kind of finally past at least that point where demand is not as great as it was then and they weren't having to uh, shuffle around resources, but who knows. Um Maybe some people will at least see a day or two, but if you're picking it up, leave us a comment on the Facebook page or on Twitter or on one of our videos on YouTube and let me know how pumped up you are about this one. Hopefully you are as much as I am. Last week we had talked about the possible delay for fairy tale, the GRPG coming out from Gust and Koitecmo, and that has been confirmed. It was actually, I think, a, a day or so after the podcast released last week. So joining Japan is Europe having the delay until July 30th. US will get it on July the 31st. Not news that we ever want to report, but uh, as we have been here for the past few months, it uh, seems like nearly every game is getting about a month, month and a half delay, specifically for corona reasons. Um, I, I can read you the official statement, but you've uh, you've heard of her before. Due to the ever-changing world disrupted by COVID-19, we are pushing back the release of Care tale until July the 31st. Uh, development team is working extremely hard through an unprecedented time to deliver the ultimate magical JRPG experience to fans across the world. We appreciate everyone's patience. as we put the final touches on this thrilling adventure. I gotta be honest, this delay for a new IP in particular is probably a pretty good thing. Um, they probably need all the time they can to get this one right. It has been looking pretty promising, but any extra time that people have to work on something brand new is a good thing that so we, I know I'm looking forward to that one, but it's one of those deals like I can, uh, I can probably wait just a while longer. And odd game to say the least as well some of the games in our genre are uh, Nintendo Switch is getting a new JRPG from East Asia Soft and this will be I believe this is going to be Moro Crystal M-O-E R-O will finally be leaving Japan and making its way to uh, well regions outside (laughs) of Japan uh, the Nintendo Switch port, which appeared in Japan back in 2019, will be showing up in North America and Europe in 2020. It will be available both digitally and physically. It will have the original Japanese voice acting with English text. This is the um, there was an opening movie to go along with that, and uh, that is. There's no specific age, just that it is coming out in 2020. Here is the description of it. Uh, Moro Crystal H follows Zenix, Z-E-N-O-X. A young man who was in arguably the wrong place at the wrong time. And from there, it quickly goes into... Uh, odd odd places that I'm probably just I'm not going to read to you cuz it's kind of a family show. We don't want to <laughs> get into it. But if um if you've been interested in this title and all this time really uh wanted to come west, your uh your dreams have been made true that uh let's see. East Asia Soft will be selling them through Play Asia. Pre-orders will open there tomorrow on May the 28th. There will also be of course there's a collector's edition. Um, the uh, Clash Edition has the physical copy of the game with a manual. That's unheard of anymore. Two sheets of stickers, an art book, and a physical copy of the game's soundtrack. Each one of these um, limited editions will be numbered. That's always kind of cool. You can check out that article as well as the opening movie over on the Facebook page or Twitter Keep in mind that is for um, mature audiences uh, only, and even then, you might still uh, blush a little bit or be like, Oh man, what in the world's going on here? <laughs> uh, update about Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Koseki, uh, an update that I can actually talk about, as there were no spoilers, although in the thumbnail there was kind of a Spoiler, so I didn't share that one. Uh, there will be, perhaps oddly enough, there is a PlayStation VR mode that will be added post-launch. I don't know uh, many details about that as it really wasn't uh, gone into details. It kind of just looks like you're going to be able to put on the VR and kind of look around the world. Um, I don't know how uh, how much functionality there will be to it, but hey... It's uh, <laughs> it's in there. It is unknown whether this um, will be a free or paid downloadable content just yet. It is a first for the Trail series, and it says it just will allow you to interact with characters in the game up close. Kind of sounds a little creeper, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, additionally, Clouded Leopard Entertainment announced that it will release traditional Chinese and Korean language versions along with the game in Asia simultaneously along the Japanese language release in Japan on August the 27th. I'm sure I knew that, but as I read this article and read that, it seemed new to me. I'm sure it was out there, and I probably report on Guys, I report on a lot of stuff every week, so it's hard to keep everything all straight, especially Japanese release dates. And so my first obvious thing that pops in mind is... Japan will have the sequel. uh, The next game in the series. At least a month. If not probably two months. Before we get. Trails of Cold Steel 4. In the West and the US. And PC owners get to wait. And Switch owners get to wait. Even longer than that. It's. It's borderline. Kind of unacceptable. And. Falcom is really going to need to address this, probably in-house, hire some people on. They've got to get a better time on this. I know, trust me, I've played these games multiple times. I know the amount of text in these games is enormous. But, you can't have the sequel coming out before, you know, the the next one even gets to other audiences. That's kind of crazy talk. That's um, the type of things we used to have to deal with. Back in the uh, late '80s and '90s, I didn't think that's something we'd be talking about in 2020. Just kind of crazy. Doesn't mean I'm not excited, but it is kind of one of those things. Like, eh, really? Oh, uh, on to other news that's not irritating. <laughs> um, there was a cool little article um, from, oh, of course, on the Twitter. That's where things come from. But it was shared on uh, The Kohn.er Konora, that website that I talked about last week, and i link for you guys quite often with the stories, they are making some mother merchandise, and not for your mom, it's not late Mother's Day, but for the game series, um, as it is known in Japan, they are selling three t-shirts with the word mother on it, it looks like, uh, it's kind of a blurry picture, but it looks like instead of an O in mother, there's a planet or something, it's around, Round object, kind of hard to tell what it is. Now, these shirts are going to be going on sale June the twelfth. Going to be a little bit pricey. They're listed at about forty six dollars right now. Um, of course, they're limited edition. They're not something. That there's a lot of them made for It's A little price for a pricey for a t-shirt, although it is really cool. But there's also a little handbag, and uh, it's saying that's about six dollars which is really not bad, and it's got a pixelated Mr. Saturn on there. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of leaning towards something like that that I may check out. It's, uh, the reason for this is that there is going to be a Pollyanna Mother official comic that's coming out in Japan that same day of June 12th. So this is kind of one of those uh, limited ties. If you want to get on that, check the article for the link. You'll probably need to do it fairly soon, as I guess there would be limited numbers. Of those available. If you head on over to the JRPG Report. YouTube channel. You'll be able to check out these videos. In their entirety. Uh, the first one is the newest. Uh, Sub episode character gameplay. From Sword Art Online. Alicization Lycoris. This one's for Alice. Uh, there was. Three previous ones. To come out. And uh, next week. I believe they're going to go with. Renly, and they're kind of putting these out at least once a week leading up to its release worldwide on July the 10th. None of these are showing a ton, not in English, so can't really tell you what's going on. But kind of just a kind of a look at the, you know, in-game characters and some of the interactions you'll be able to have with them. If we understood (laughs) what was being said, we had two character trailers for Tales of Crestoria and uh, this one is still just listed as uh, early June coming out. Um, kind of odd we don't have a firm release date on that uh, quite yet for the Android and iOS uh, game. The first one was for Yuna. No thought she'd have her last name on there. Yeah, Yuna Azetta, a journalist who knows Vicious and has been providing him all sorts of information. However, she's also known as a liar. Uh, That's probably not the best thing to to be if you were a journalist. Um, This character trailer focuses on how she can be someone who is both dedicated to truth and obsessed with lies at the same time. Her blood sin is embroiling deceit. Good-looking... Character arts. And one of the things I've kind of noticed is each one of them has uh, somewhere on them has this Crestoria symbol. Hers is on her tongue, which not surprising. That's where her uh, blood said comes from is, you know, telling lies with her tongue. Um, I'll have to go back and look where some of the other ones necessarily were. It's an interesting looking game, and a, a, an interesting looking uh, mechanic. Um, if you listen to this voice and you recognize her, that's because it's the same voice who uh, an actress, her name is Ian Sakura. Most recently, she played the role of Sakura, Amanamiya, <laughs> in the Sakura Wars game and anime. And she also has roles in My Hero Academia and My Hero One Justice games as well as Tokyo and Raw Sessions. So you've probably heard this voice a time or two before she is in Tells of a Story. The other character we found out was Orwin. Oh, where's his last name at? Where is your last name, Orwin? I've lost it. Oh, well, well, uh, he is a father and a husband. So that's kind of a different... um, twist on some of these normal Tales characters, his crest seems to be in his, uh, as he's facing you, his right eye. Um, he fights with his fist. He has the, uh, suit and tie of a, a working man. Um, another looks like he's a complicated character, um, who starts out as someone rather passive who doesn't have a job or take on responsibilities, leaving his wife to support the family and their daughter. Aura. However, once he ends up with a blood sin of bloodied fists, of love bloodied fists, we still how his character and his demeanor can change. Um, you can check out those trailers on our YouTube channel, or if you'd like to read some more about it, you know where to head to. That's a pretty good halfway point. We've got some more fun stories to talk about when we come back after a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Alright, we're back here on the JRPG Report. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week. My name is James Fisher, and this is episode 114. want to quickly plug our Sunday special this week. I was going to record it yesterday, but I uh, kind of had some scheduling conflicts. So tomorrow, I'm going to record it, and it'll be out on Sunday. We're doing something a little bit different, and... So I'm going to be talking with a young gentleman named Bailey Armstrong, and he is the developer of a brand new um, different kind of JRPG. It's going to be called Nahingo Quest. I believe that's how you pronounce it. He'll be able to do it much better than I. And um, it it kind of reminds me much more of a Nintendo or Super Nintendo type looking game, but the goal of it is not to have some jrpg mechanics but also this will teach you how to speak japanese and uh he can do a much better job of uh describing it to you guys but i thought that sounded pretty cool something a little bit different we always do something different on Sundays, so be looking forward to that discussion on sunday um i want to give a big shout out as I probably should do this more often I'm, uh, I'm remiss in doing this, but uh always need to give a big shout out to our monthly supporters Kyle, Andre, Dalton, Dustin, and Jordan are our monthly supporters on anchor and I just launched uh, Patreon, and so I need to get that kind of going but uh my two uh, I got I don't know if he wants me to use his real name or not. But uh Spokes, you're the man. You signed up on there. And uh, I certainly appreciate it. Dalton decided he was going to double dip and thumb me a, a, a couple bucks on Patreon as well. If you'd like to do that, there is the link at the bottom of the episode. Or right there in the middle, actually. The episode, you can follow that link. And check out how to do that to support this podcast as well as our YouTube creation as well. I would greatly appreciate it. Your support means so much to me. It makes me uh, fired up to uh, keep delivering quality content each and every week. So, got that business out of the way. We had uh, just today actually was a special live stream um, over in the land of the rising sun for the Dragon Quest adventure of Die Day. I'm going to say how you're supposed to say it, D A I. Um, They did kind of a Big old extravaganza. We we knew there was going to be probably a new anime, which was confirmed, and a trio of new games. So we've got information on all three of those. The one that probably would um, interest you the most is called Infinity Strash. So think trash with an S at the beginning. (laughs) An interesting name. It has uh, been announced. Uh, Specific platforms were not announced. It will launch in 2021 in Japan, it certainly looks like a PS4 game, maybe Switch as well. They provide an opening um, or not opening but a preview video of it. Looks like they're fairly long along in it, certainly not um, just developed. And you're it's an action RPG, right? And so, definite comparisons are going to be made to the Dragon Quest Heroes titles. But it also isn't like it. This one looks a lot more like Trails of Mana than the Heroes titles. Still has that look, as far as character creation goes, that classic Dragon Quest look to the enemies. But definitely also has more of a... And I know it's the same, you know, Toriyama with the same character design. It looks... Very Dragon Ball. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think as graphics have come along that these you know, these two worlds and two lines of drawing are, are going to be blurred. Certainly at some point. Doesn't look bad. Just doesn't look good. And I say that also with a... I don't know what kind of percentage I'd give it. But I'd say it's fairly low that when you get this one over here. This seems to feel like a Japan-only game. Um, if any of them are going to come here, it's going to be this one. As it was also announced, there is a mobile game, which didn't even, uh, give any sort of an English name. It's just, uh, Dragon Quest Adventure of Day De... Tamamashi no Kizuzi? Kaizuza. also due out in 2021 in Japan. And that's for iOS and Android. Um, this is... Definitely not coming uh, <laughs> coming our way. I would not put any amount of money um, on that. There was also a um, card battle arcade game, which I didn't even know was a thing still, but uh, they're making it happen. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we'll keep an eye out on um, Infinity Strash and see if that's something that possibly could come our way. You know, maybe once it gets cleaned up a little bit may, uh, may actually look pretty decent. I, I kind of just felt like I, I wanted to love the heroes titles and didn't. So anything that kind of resembles that I'm a little bit, um, weary of for lack of a better word, but yeah, that all, that all popped off today. And an interesting other article, um, popped up in the dragon quest world. And this also is probably going to be, uh, Something only in Japan. We're not going to see it over here. But it was pretty cool that uh, Square Innings released some Dranquist, Origami, and Color by Number activities. This is all obviously, you know, part of the stay at home campaigns where, hey, we're going to give you some cool stuff to uh, how to do that. Um, It looks like you can print those out. Now, it's going to be in Japanese, but, you know, you could probably follow the instructions fairly well, yeah, I've got that article linked and it does have a link to um, to the website with the PDF that can be downloaded. Um, looks pretty cool. Maybe you could make use some uh, Dragon Quest origami and take some pictures of it. My skill level would certainly not enable me to do this. I could probably print off the paper and that'd be about... About the extent of it, I would guess you would need some pretty special paper. This is not going to be your average printer paper able to uh, hold up to this, but pretty cool stuff coming uh, out of Square Enix and uh, interesting, to say the least. Also, from the folks over at Square Enix, they were more than pleased to hear this. Perhaps not surprised, pleasantly surprised, maybe is a better word for it, but so far in 2020... The best-selling game of the year is Final Fantasy VII Remake. That um, was a that title was previously held by Emma Crossing's New Horizon up until April, but in pretty much just a month of release, FF Seven has remake has already taken over. We don't have exact numbers on it. Uh, we'll probably get those here pretty soon, but yeah, it is. Uh, doing quite well in the sales front, and as soon as I have some final numbers, um, I will pass those along to you guys. But certainly, they are happy that that has happened. A uh, very cool thing, and uh, it's kind of it's odd because right by the time I saw this article, I just visited the Sky Tree in Persona Five Royal, and so this was. Previously closed, but as it reopened here in the past week, around the top of it, um, if you've ever you know, visited in Royal or seen actual images of it, you can see the video of it via the link I shared as well. Um, at the top of the glass videos, there are is a tribute to Final Fantasy VII remake uh, images and uh, video being played all around. The Sky Tree, so um, not incredible enough to see the sights of Tokyo from the top of the world, but also you can check out cloud and company while you're on top. Of it I would probably hate to know how much Square Enix paid to to do that, but uh, probably, probably well worth it. Here's an interesting article. I knew I just said that was. This is kind of came out a few hours ago, and keep in mind, this is purely a rumor. However, it's one of those rumors that also has multiple sources to it, which tends to lead that it's true, just hasn't been officially put out there. I think we'll hear an official release here in the next couple days. Um, But several media sources have kind of confirmed that this is in development, that Disney Plus is working on a Kingdom Hearts series. Um, at first, it was even said there was going to be live action. That's been kind of like, no, no, it's not live action. It's definitely um, definitely animated. Um, they're currently casting uh, people to, to do that. Um, Disney originally wanted to make it, but it didn't work out. So Square Enix was asked to create a pilot using their... The Unreal Engine. Like I said, a couple people have actually said this is going to happen. Don't know how I feel about it. Um is it going to be, you know, convoluted? Is it going to go back to the beginning of the series and retell the stories? Is it going to be something new? I'll have to wait and see. Um it, first we gotta wait and see if it's even true, and then we gotta wait and see. <laughs> how we feel about it or if it's just a big kind of jumbled mess like Kingdom Hearts has turned itself into. We'll have to wait and see. As soon as I hear confirmation on that, I will pass it along to you guys and hopefully have some some details. We mentioned this game uh, previously and it has been reported over the past month that Bloody Chronicles developer Igrisil Studios has been crowdfunding on Kickstarter for the latest game War of Ashrid. Um, this was the game that's a grid-based, turn-based RPG. You play as that newly installed or uh, stated, soldier who rises up the ranks in the war-torn continent of Ashrid. Well, that game has been fully funded. There was a trailer that went along with it, kind of showing it in action. It's you can tell it's definitely um, pretty early. Like some of the scenes look pretty good, and there's definitely like some slowdown in some of the uh, other scenes. So. They got their funds, and they can start addressing uh, <laughs> addressing that sin. War of Ashred features a mix of visual novel story sequences with a strategy phase where the player can explore Ashred and do battles with neighboring countries. During these fights, you'll play as a protagonist and grid-based battles alongside named allies you'll get to know. During important mash- matchups against story bosses, it'll switch to turn-based combat like in traditional RPGs. Eggersill Studios stated that you'll be able to forge your own story, decide the outcomes of side and rise up the ranks to possibly become a lord. Uh, since the beginning of the crowdfunding project on Kickstarter, the project has reached and surpassed its goal of thirty-one thousand five hundred by over three times. So, getting close to a hundred grand, that should be more than enough to get things rolling along. Um, since it has achieved its three of its stretch goals, which are a bonus dungeon, a castle management system, and a crafting system for weapons, armors, and items. That Kickstarter will continue until June the 12th, so there's still time to contribute to that if you're interested. War of is targeting a PC release in 2021. PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch releases are planned for the following year in 2022, so a lot of time left to... Veb on that you can check out the video i'll try to get that up to youtube here Uh, shortly i want to do the podcast before i start worrying about uh, stuff like that Tunia has detailed the neotube plaza via an update from uh, its official website they say in neotube plaza where you can prepare before heading out to explore there's a system called friends order which allows you to take on various requests. You will receive friends order requests from VTubers rescued from the hands of the Villainous Anti. By fulfilling the request, you may also receive special items or thank you messages. You better give me an item for doing a request. I just don't want a thank you note. Come on now. Neo 2 Plaza is the base town for the player that they'll visit. As the story progresses, and where you will utilize Various systems, such as the all-important shops necessary for your adventure. There's also uh, Base Revival facility ranks that you can rank up your facilities there. you got the item shop, the V-Cube shop, the MOE accessory shop as well. VVV Tunia is due out on PlayStation 4 in July 2nd in Japan, and I'm guessing probably next year in the West. Three new characters were added to Mary Skelter finale's roster. Um Shira, Rapunzel, Sleeping Beauty were the three added, and then they talked about the battle system basics. So first for she she's the youngest sister of the execution girls that overrun the surface. She is selfish, bratty, and tries to act tough around anyone. She encounters her official name is scorched pillar. She goes by the nickname Shira. Although a member of the execution girls, she is hesitant to hurt her opponents as reprimanded and looked down upon by the other execution girls. Next we have Rapunzel who doesn't have quite Rapunzel level hair, but definitely has quite a bit. She is an extremely pure and immeasurably cheerful girl. Thanks to Jack and the others, she is learning about human society little by little, but many of her actions still at common sense. Be that as it may, she has begun to cherish her friends and no longer considers them as food in case of emergency. Oops. That's bad. And then there's Sleeping Beauty, who has a bow and arrow. That's just crazy. She is the youngest of the three sisters, uh, between Thumbelilla and Snow White being her older sisters. She is quiet and not very expressive. Although elusive and not very talkative, she is more open-minded and considerate of others than anyone. Uh, There is uh, some basics of battle. They say the battle party is comprised of the protagonist and five other members. Turn order is based on the speed of characters and enemies. Using attacks that strike enemy weaknesses and doing overkill finishes will draw enemy blood that can spatter on the area's and characters this blood will be the key to winning battle so this is not a nor would you ever have thought it would be a family friendly world uh, game either and there's lots of other um, more mature things that the article goes into we'll keep it at that Mary Skelter finale eh, it's gonna be a while it's coming out on PlayStation 4 and switch on August 27th in Japan And, uh, again, probably going to be next year before we see it in the West. Uh, One final article to pass along for you music lovers and uh, fans of Grandia. There's a new way to hear the Grandia soundtrack that's coming this summer. Wayo Records has announced it will release new versions of the soundtrack and a music box that plays the game's opening theme sometime in summer 2020. Pre-orders are open for all products, giving people a chance to bring their music home on CDs, records, or even in the tiny wooden box. There will be three different ways to pick up the Grandia soundtrack. If someone gets the uh, CDs going for $32, they'll have a five-disc collection with 80 songs on it. This will include the four soundtrack CDs, the out-of-print Vent Arrange album, and a 20-page booklet with art and commentary. The first 25 pre-orders will include a character designer new illustration. That's pretty cool. Should someone opt for the Grandi Memorial soundtrack, they'll get a, a briefer version of the soundtrack on vinyl. This goes for about $65. It will be on Mint Green Records. The $73 collector's edition will be printed on Marble Green Records and be limited to 500 units. In the case of both versions... The first two records will have 22 songs on it from the original soundtrack, and the third album will have 9 songs on it from the out-of-print Vent Arrange album. Both will include the same booklet that is found in the CD soundtrack. Now, the Grandia music box. There will only be 250 of these made, sold, and shipped. Each one is made from a maple, a hill wood, and has the spirits on the cover. When wound up and opened up, it will play the game's main theme. Each one will cost two hundred and seventy-five dollars. They'll also receive a <laughs> a score with the autograph of the composer Noriyuki Atoarde on it. Pretty cool stuff. It is a beautiful music box. I ain't got that kind of money laying around, so <laughs> I don't know if uh, if you do, but uh, I've got the article linked. If you are a Grandia fanatic and you like your music and you want to get in on that, you can certainly do so. That's going to do it for episode 114. hard to believe we've gone that far, but uh, we certainly have. It's, uh, I've often thought back to when i started this in 2016 and doing it once a month as a uh, as a fun hobby how it's turned into something a little bit more than that and something that i truly enjoy bringing to you guys each and every week along with our sunday specials as well i can't thank you enough for the support can't thank you enough for the listens it means a lot to me that somebody would want to take time each week to listen to this it's really cool stuff like us on facebook follow on twitter Give us a like and subscribe on YouTube, and if you consider it, I'd be greatly appreciative of either supporting us through Anchor, the link at the bottom of the podcast, or through Patreon. You can search for JRPG Report. You guys rock. Don't forget that. And don't forget to get back out there and level up.